The League of Integrity Podcast, your podcast for fantasy advice. Hello and welcome to the fourth ever episode of the League of Integrity Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Clark Campbell. Yes, the Clark Campbell. And today we're going to go over quite a few things, including a special guest by the name of Brandon Scott. So we'll get back to that later on. But today's slate, we're going to go over the fantasy standings and playoff standings and rankings as of today. We have a wild couple weeks ahead of us due to several teams tied for last place, several teams tied for the mid, and the only one standing on top ahead of everyone is Logan Blackman. Yeah, I get Hank actually is second so far, but who knows how that'll all play out with the next five games of the season. It's uh, been very interesting to say the least, and I was sweating bullets these past couple weeks. Luckily, made a couple moves, team's done decent, and... I am looking, I am trending up, but uh, we'll go over as well basketball, NCAA basketball. Now that that's a part of our normal lives again, thank God, it's actually going to be a normal season again, and we got some locks for not only basketball, but as well the NFL, and I'll go over some college football as well, and the hottest teams that we'll go over within our league, who's trending up and who's trending down, and as well the NFL power rankings itself. So it's going to be a wild one. Stay tuned. All right. So we'll start with the league itself. The League of Integrity has had a wild season thus far. With uh, everything that's going on and all the trades. I love the trades. The trades make the team team switch up, makes the league fun itself. But anyways, we'll start with the, excuse me. The final standings due to the ESPN app. We've got LB1, Carter 2, myself at 3, 4 is Blandy, 5th is Hank, 6th is Mason, 7th is Schnarr, 8th is Sam, 9th is B. Scott, 10th is Lee, 11th is Huffman, and 12th is Worm. So there's that. We all thought Schnarr was going to be projected last, but it's not Schnarr. It's actually Worm, even though Worm... We thought he was going to be second to last. And then for the matchups this week, I got me versus B. Scott. Myself and I versus B. Scott. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to say anything. So we'll skip that one. But for Schnarr and Mason, I do believe Mason will come out on top. Mason's got decent running backs, and I believe Mason wins that game. And as far as LB and Hank, I think Hank will win this game. LB will Receive his first loss of the season due to Cooper Cup and Stafford being out. And then we got Sam and Blandy. Sam, sorry bud, but Blandy's going to win that game. It still pisses me off how a couple weeks ago I should have won, but thanks to Daniel fucking Jones, he couldn't give me one, one simple fucking point. Daniel Jones looks like a fucking retard out there anyways. And then we got Huffman and Carter. Huff... Carter, hmm. I believe Carter wins that game, not by a lot. That's going to be a good matchup. And then we got Lee and Worm, the battle of the worst. I think Worm comes out on top. Lee, your team is struggling mighty heavily. 
and this is a big game for both of you all. Actually, everyone who has only four wins is a big game for everybody, but this is a big game for you too, and I think Warren comes out on top. And right now, with the lowest playoff percentage, you're looking at Lee with 7%. That's mind-blowing. Lee's down to 7%. And then with the... With this playoff standings, it's all the teams with five wins, five and five, and of course Hank with six and four, and LB at the top ten and zero. It's wild to see there's one, two, three, four teams at five and five. We got Schnarr, B Scott, Carter, and Worm at five and five, and then one, two, three, four, five, six at four and six. We've got Blandy, myself. Huffman, Sam, Lee, and Mason. So these next couple weeks are crucial. Not only for the last place person, but to make the playoffs. And it's just, it's actually absurd how even everything is at the moment, except for LB. With the hottest team trending up and the team that's trending down. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think I do am trending up. Do you think I am trending up due to the players I traded for? Finally, I got my team back from injuries. It's been a long six weeks, to say the least. But I'd say my team as well. And then I also think Huffman's team. After that big win last week, I think his team, he's got the best running back in the league, Jonathan Taylor. Well, best running back in fantasy. Don't want to. Gets you soft right there, Mason. Henry's still really good, but he's a pussy for breaking his foot. And then the team trending down. I'm going to go with Lee. Lee's team is trending down. His team is not looking too well at the moment. He only scored 60-some points last week. That's very bad. I don't care if AK was out. That's actually pitiful. So sorry, little Johnny Lee there. And now in... Forgetting about our whole fantasy league itself, let's go into the power rankings. I think I saw at the top of the power rankings from CBS today. I can pull it up real quick, but I I believe it was the Packers. Unfortunately, my Ravens, I, I know we're at nine, which actually is depressing because they have not been playing well. As, like, as much as I hate to say it, but it's because of the injuries and everything. Bunch of key players have been out. They lost. They just lost to Sean Elliott, who was their best safety, in my opinion. They've obviously had O line just completely dismantled, and now they hey, they just cut Le'Veon Bell, which I'm a little shocked about. But the NFL Power Rankings per Pete Prisco. This is just Pete Prisco because we don't have the full rankings till tomorrow. They do have the Packers at one, Titans at two. Bills at three, Cardinals at four, Cowboys at five, Rams at six, seven is the Buccaneers, eight is the Ravens actually, nine is the Patriots, and ten is the Chiefs. The only team that I think is bullshit on this list is the Bills, really. I don't think the Bills are even all that. I would put them down towards six. And, of course, the Titans don't belong at the second spot. They've gotten lucky these past couple weeks. If you watch that Saints game, the refs gave them that game. So fuck you, Mason. And as far as winning the Super Bowl, this this year is who knows. We know the Packers will choke in the NFC Championship, so I'm counting them out. 
The Cardinals, I don't believe, are even all that. Yeah, they don't. They haven't had a midget man the past couple weeks, but he's still a fucking pussy. But I want to say, as far as a Super Bowl matchup, I want to put my Ravens in there, but I can't because they just they need to get their whole shit together. I want to say the Rams, even though they've lost the past two games, and now the AFC. That's a tough one. The AFC is just. Pathetic. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I hate to say the Chiefs, but they've been – that last game they just had, they looked amazing, even though they've uh, really sucked dick this year. These uh, past couple of games, I think they're on a four-game win streak, but you can't count Mahomes and the Chiefs out. Their uh, defense is finally getting their shit together. So it's interesting how this whole season is going to play out within the NFL itself. It's actually pretty crazy how – even everything is. And then um, I just can't stand the fucking Titans, especially with fucking Mason at two. That's so fucking stupid. They don't have Henry. They're not going to do shit. They might make the playoffs. They probably will make the playoffs, but they're not going to do shit with that. Henry's not coming back. They're fucked. So get over it, Mason. Tannehill is not going to carry them to a Super Bowl, buddy. Go fuck yourself. Thank the Lord that college basketball is back. And I know this is more of a football podcast, but why not throw basketball in there, you know? It's uh, it's such a relieving feeling to be able to watch basketball every fucking day. Any team's on at any time, and it's just like a blessing in disguise to not deal with the COVID bullshit and actually have fans in the state seats. Excuse me. But uh, it's the basketball world right now is all up Gonzaga's ass, even though Gonzaga, to me, is not even... I mean, they're good, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to win it. I think Chet Holgram is the skinniest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Someone get this man some bread and let him hit the weights, please. I don't know how he's projected. Is it one pick at the moment? He, I don't think he's that kid. He only played six minutes or seven minutes against Texas. He should be playing the all 40 minutes if he's a top NBA draft prospect. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And then yesterday, I bet on them. Fuck them. Given it was a 39-point spread, but they're playing Alcorn State. They only won by 27. And Chet, I believe, only put up six points. So fuck that guy. He is obviously not their answer. Their team last year was a lot better, in my opinion. But in my opinion, but in my opinion, I hate to use the word opinion so goddamn much because I don't want to want you all to cry. I do think Villanova will win it all this year. They are a really well well-rounded team, and these past couple of games, even though they lost UCLA, they should have won that. I believe that they'll win the Big East, win it all, and who knows how this whole bracket is going to play out. The second best team, I don't even, I guess, I don't, I don't even know. It's it's hard to describe because I don't think UCLA is even all that. So we'll see how the season plays out. It's just the beginning. But with my locks anyways for tonight for the college basketball slate, it's going to be, as much as I hate to say it, Kentucky minus 24. They're playing Mount St. Mary's. They should win that game by 24 or more points. Mount St. Mary's is 0-2. Kentucky just came off a 40-point win against Robert Morris. They're kryptonite. And then Cincinnati, minus 21. 
against Alabama A&M. The Bearcats look all right so far this season. They've covered for me a couple times. And then we've got Virginia and Houston over at 119. 119 should be so fucking easy. All you got to do is score 60 each. But with Virginia's minimal offense and tough defense, who knows? I just can't stand that play style of basketball. It just frustrates me, and it's boring as fuck to watch. And then my last lock for tonight is going to be NC State minus 25. They play, I think, Central Connecticut State or whoever the fuck that is, but NC State minus 25. And now what we've all been waiting for is the locks for the NFL this week. I'm going to go with my Ravens minus six against the Bears. The Bears have pretty good defense, but I think the Ravens bounce back after that ugly-ass loss to the Dolphins. So I, I'm going to go with Ravens minus six. 49ers minus six and a half. Titans minus nine and a half. They should, they should win that against Texans. They should cover, but who knows? Tannehill's the worst fucking quarterback in the league. And then I got the Finns minus three. The Dolphins minus three. Fuck the Dolphins, but I think they cover against the Jets. All right, so we have a special guest with us today, Brandon Scott. He's going to give us a little information within the league itself and his opinions on all that, as well as his locks as college basketball and who he thinks is going to win the Natty and his NFL locks for this week. So, Brandon, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Mr. Campbell. I'm good. It's good to finally be here. I appreciate you having me on. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for coming on. But first, Brandon, we'll talk about the Fantasy League itself with the League of Integrity. We'll start with the matchups itself. So me and you, we'll disregard that one because that's going to be, as far as jinxing reasons, we don't need to mention that. But we'll start with Schnarr and Mason. Who do you think will win and why? Okay, <clears throat> so for this matchup, um, I think I probably would have answered it differently a few weeks ago. Um, I'm actually off of the heels of a win against Mr. Mason, and I think if he has his team play to its full potential, he can be really good. Uh, with that being said, he's got some inconsistent players on his squad, so I'm going to go with Schnarr um, with the upset victory and continue trending up the board a little bit. With Schnarr, okay. Even with pussy-ass Derrick Henry out, I like it. I like it. Yes, Jellyfoot is what they like to call him, I believe. Jellyfoot. <laughs> and then, so we got Schnarr in that matchup between Schnarr and Mason. I actually had Mason, so we'll see who comes out on top. And then nice. we'll go on to the next one. Logan Blackman and Hank Hunt. What do you think? So, obviously, I think the whole league is in agreement, agreement um, of how we want this to go. Um and honestly, looking at Hank's team, he doesn't have a ton of holes. I mean, you, you, you'd want Dallas Goddard to play a little better in your tight end slot. Uh, Pittman's been trending up, so he's a good flex play. And then you've got two wide receiver ones. I think I'm going to go with Hank on the upset. Uh, maybe a little wishful thinking. Hank has solidified the number two overall spot in the league as of now, just one game um, ahead of a couple of us here. Um, but I think it's about time that Mr. Rub My Chub goes down and sees a 10-1 and one record at the end of this week. I'm going Hank. I agree with you on that one, B. Scott. Not only because of what you mentioned, but LB also has Stafford and Cup out. We'll see 
Hank pull off the upset this week. Sorry, LB, go fuck yourself. Right, and I'm then, sure Stafford and Cup will spend their bye week jerking each other off behind closed doors. Yeah, I know. I know that they said they like watching videos together, but what kind of videos? It's kind of a little sus, in my opinion. Probably make their own. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, we're going to go on to Sam Rutledge and Adam Blanford. Who do you think will win that matchup? So, <clears throat> let's see here. I'm just kind of reviewing uh, each <laughs> roster. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Blandy man. Um, no offense to Coach Rutledge here, which obviously he's right there in the thick of things as well. His team does look good right there on paper, but you really need Mike Williams to get back to his weeks one through four production. I don't think we've seen that here recently. I may be speaking wrong. Um, but, I, I mean, he's got a good team. Obviously, you probably want to try and find a way for A.J. Dillon to be in that starting lineup, but Rutledge, you do your thing. Uh, I'm going to go with Blandy. Blandy it is. Okay. I agree with you on that. I also chose Blandy. And Sam actually beat me a couple weeks ago by, like, point six points. So I am still on a grudge with Sam regarding that. But with the next ones, we got Huffman and Carter. Who do you think will win that one? Let's see here. Okay, so Carter's team, I mean, top-heavy until you get to Tyler Lockett. I really like his roster. I mean, you've got your upside there with Kyle Pitts. You probably kind of would hope that he had rounded a little bit more of a consistency um, corner from a production standpoint. But um, I think I'm going to lean after looking at both teams. Of course, you got JT on Huffman's team. He's RB1 um, as of this last week. Um, I'm going to go with Carter. Carter. I like it. I chose Carter as well. We've come to agreement on all of them except for the top one with Shar Mason. And then the last matchup we got, he's got tell me what you think about Lee and Worm. Lee and Worm. So you've got Worm at five and five, tied for third place. And you have Lee, four and six. He's really just two games back from second place. As you all know, the entire league, with the exception of one person, are within two games of one another. Um, so it's any man's game. But let me go down here towards the bottom and click on Lee. I think I'm going to go with um, Worm moving forward, and, and, and I think a little bit of separation amongst the league is going to get ready to start to take place. Uh, Worm looks hurt. Antonio Gibson's been subpar. Um, so roster-wise, I like Lee's starting lineup better, but for some reason, I think Worm pulls out an upset. Yeah, okay. An upset, you say, even though Lee only scored fucking 60 points last week. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Yeah. Even though he had AK out, who cares? But, and did you know, B. Scott, Lee has a 7% chance of making the playoffs. He is the lowest at the moment. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Yeah, I know. Sucks for him. But I don't think he'll come in last because right now they have Worm coming in last. So who do you think will come in last at the moment? If I had to make a prediction, just last place, you know, who's going to be doing the punishment? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't mean any offense. Both teams are just ugly. Um, I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to lean Worm unless Aaron Jones can come back fully healthy and top tier from his from his injury. I know it's only a couple weeks. I think it was an MCL sprain or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. But I mean, that was like the one bright point in my opinion in that starting lineup of Worms. 
And if he can't come back and come back loud, then he's probably going to take the back seat. Okay, okay. So now that you think Worm's going to come in last, give me your fully uh, – it's your opinion. Who do you think will – are from 1 to 12, what are the power rankings in your opinion? <clears throat> oh, man, that's tough. Um, I would, You know, I'd, I'd like a little bit of time uh, to, to really draw everything out, but I'll just – I'll shoot you guys straight and just spit it out. Like I said, I'd like to look at the rosters and, and get a true um, idea of what everybody's working with. But based on – the records that I'm looking at now, um, you know, and rosters, who's hurt, really everybody, everybody's going to have a bye week. Um, I'm going to go LB1. I'm going to go Blandy2. Okay. Um, give me Hank in third. Mm-hmm. Hunchback. Yeah. I um when it when it's healthy, I really like Mason's team on paper. Give me Mason at four, even though he's at the very bottom right now. Okay. Okay. All right. And so then we're into the fifth slot. I am going to go. Um five slot. I think I'm going to give that to um Clark. My man. Um, six slot. I'm going to give that to myself. Um, I'd like to think that my roster when healthy is a little bit better than that, but my roster hasn't been healthy all year. And we all know Saquon um, is questionable, projected to play this next week. He'll probably sneeze. Yeah, he'll probably sneeze and, and tear a few tendons. Um, <laughs> so that'll change. Uh, but yeah, okay, so seven. Um, we're going to go with Carter. Carter, okay. Eight. We're gonna go with Snar. Snar, okay. Even though we all had Snar, sorry, I hate dinner. We all had Snar last at the beginning of the season. It just blows my mind how he's actually up. <laughs> I will. I will say, I think he picked a running back in his first eight draft picks, um, but he did make some moves. You know, they're back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. I think we had Schnarr and Worm, and there were a couple of other guys that were extremely active. Um, some of them, in my opinion, should have pumped their brakes. They had, a, you know, traded themselves into a better team and then continued to trade and made themselves worse again. Uh, but Schnarr was one of those guys that I think made some good moves. And so um, he's, he's, you know, slowly inching his way up, and he very easily could sneak his way into the playoffs. A lot mm-hmm. of football left. Yeah, um, so, anyways – 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, I'm going to go Schnarr at 8, Rutledge 9, Huffman 10, Lee 11, Worm 12. Mm-hmm. I like it. You already gave your reasoning why Worm should be last. Sorry, Worm. But your team's not good, bud. And then uh, disregarding that, we'll, we'll head into what you think is your NFL locks of the week, B. Scott. Who do you think is going to – come out on top this Sunday or even Thursday per se. Okay. So we're rounding into week 11 of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everybody's, or excuse me, before the last two weeks, everybody thought that we were beginning to get a good idea of kind of who's, you know, who's who. Um, but I will say that there have been and not only my own team, Bucks or Frauds, fuck you, Todd Bowles and Byron <laughs> Leftwich. You don't run on every first down anyways, you know, 
Ravens losing to the Dolphins, Bucks to the Washington football team, Bills to the Jags. Um, I think that there's a ton of parity, kind of like, you know, in the Big Ten in college basketball or in college basketball in general. Um, so it's, it's hard to see who's who right now. But you've got – let's look at the noon slate. Colts, Bills, Buffalo minus seven. I'm probably going to buy a half point, take that minus six and a half, and just think that Buffalo is going to continue to play well after that Jags loss and try and reestablish themselves. So that's one of my locks. Okay. I like – I like. And then, so you've got um, Packers-Vikings. Green Bay is favored two and a half. Now, I'm going to give you guys a pick them. You can pick your poison here. I'm going to call it a lock, but I really just don't have any clue. I'm either going to go Packers minus two and a half. I also think the Vikings' money line would be great value because even though they have a shit record, they're always in at the end of the game in the conversation – they play everybody really good and then just find a way to fuck it up. So Vikings are a sneaky play here um, if you're just looking for value or you need, you know, uh, a, an underdog to throw in a parlay or something like that. Green Bay's obviously been playing very well. Uh, at some point, as we've seen over the past couple of weeks, some of these good teams are due maybe just to slip up a little. So I like that. Um, and then also um, you've got Saints at Eagles, and they're playing in Philly. Um, I know home field means more this year than it did last but Philly is actually the favorite in that game. I know the Saints don't know who they're going to play at quarterback or even if they have a legit quarterback on their roster. Uh, fuck the Saints. <laughs> but I think after the loss to Tennessee, um, you know, the Saints have such a solid-ass defense. And Sean McVay – not Sean McVay, excuse me, Sean Payton is going to know how to put pieces together. He's just a good coach. So I think even though it's kind of ugly down in New Orleans – them being an underdog after taking an L, I like that pick. So I'm probably going to money line the Saints. Okay. Even with Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, if so? Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't gauge what Trevor Simeon looked like against Tampa Bay, um, mm -hmm. them being they have a poverty defense. But he came into that game after Jameis got hurt and looked completely in control, you know, not rushed, went through his reads, um, surprisingly, you know, not super fast. You could tell you, he wasn't struggling to think. Um, mm -hmm. And he kind of he, he looks more human against the Titans. The Titans' defense has been playing fantastic, so that's a credit to them. Um, but but just the fact that Simeon can go in there and hang with arguably the hottest team in the AFC in Tennessee, who I think you know their defense has been helping them win a lot of football games here recently. Hell yeah. Um, to Hell yeah. to be within two points in the fourth quarter, you know what was the final score? Twenty three to twenty one. You mm -hmm. know it was super close. I think that you know Simeon's. Uh, he's. I mean that's kind of ugly, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that I think they take that for sure. Okay. And what's, what's um, your but other thing? than that, I've got one more. And mm -hmm. I think other than that, I'm just going to kind of leave it hanging. Um, and this is very much so – I'm sorry, I have two more. Um, pending injury. But you've got the Cardinals in Seattle. Now, you know, we all know this conference like to beat one another up. I mean, look at the 49ers just beat the shit out of the Rams last night. Um, yeah. So – there's always, I think, going to be some surprising shit. And, yes, Russell Wilson just got zero points for the first time in his career. Probably pissed off about that. But, long story short, if Hopkins is healthy and if Kyler is healthy, that right now is only at two and a half favored by Arizona. And I like that spread or that money line, depending on, you know, if you want to play it safe, it's probably going to be minus 150-ish, maybe minus 175 tops. So, I mean, you're not risking too much there. So, go Cardinals money line in Seattle. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't want to risk too much, go Cardinal spread at two and a half. Okay. And then my final lock, 
you got Cowboys in Kansas City. Now, everybody knew that the media was going to do this, and I think this is a fantastic opportunity for people who know how to logically think, just go grab a freebie. Everybody waited for Kansas City to hop back into the win column so that they can hop back on Jackson and Patrick and whatever his poor <laughs> blonde wife's name is on their dick. And now, all of a sudden, the Chiefs' defensive issues have just suddenly somehow gone away. They're rounding the corner – and now I'm, I'm seeing them in power rankings again. And we forget this mm-hmm. is the same Chiefs team that has just looked mediocre at best so many times this season. Chiefs are favored two and a half points. Obviously, it's in Kansas City. They still have a huge fan base. It's going to be rowdy. It'll be a tough environment to play in. But the Cowboys look legit on both sides of the ball. Um, so I'm probably going to money line the Cowboys and sprinkle a little bit on that plus two and a half. But Cowboys in Kansas City, I think that's a dub. I think the Cowboys are going to come out. Spank the Chiefs a little bit. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to throw it even if they're a touchdown or two behind and make it closer than what it actually seems if you're watching. But I think Dallas furthers furthers themselves as a true established really good team in the NFC with a win this Sunday. Yeah, Dallas has been looking good, even though that Broncos game was garbage. Yeah, that was but, weird. See, that's another season, one that I didn't mention. Yeah, this whole season's just been up in the air. Who knows who's going to win the Super Bowl? And it's honestly – these upsets have just been incredible. Um, but it, this is the toughest question of the day I'm going to ask you. It might be the toughest question or toughest answer for you in your entire life. If you were to choose, who would you rather punch for a million dollars? Would it be Jackson Faggot Mahomes or Mahomes' whore of a wife? And I'm getting paid to punch, him, punch yeah, them in the face? Paid. Yeah, you're getting paid. I would do the Jackson one for free, um, <laughs> but I guess you. I guess honestly, I mean, Loki, his wife kind of snuck up on me. She's a little sexier than I thought previously. Oh, come uh, on, but still super annoying. I'd probably punch her and take the mill. Yeah. Poor Patrick Mahomes. He has to deal with that shit. Poor yeah, guy. Dude, I mean, can you imagine? I hate my life. <laughs> I know. Like seriously, what what the fuck is wrong with him for? Marrying that woman and not cutting off his little gay brother, but hey, yeah, dude, you're at, you're at Texas Tech. Like, cut it off. She's obviously gold digging, and now she's more worried about her TikTok than you guys' sex life, and that's your yeah. fault, Patrick. Yeah, poor guy. He also he's kind of a pussy himself, but but anyways, these guys. What what do you? I know the season, like I mentioned earlier, and you mentioned it's been just absolutely weird. We don't know who's going to win each week. There's been hella upsets. Who do you think? Who who is your Super Bowl prediction, and who do you think will win the Super Bowl? It's really hard for me to answer this in a non-biased fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, and like you just said a second ago, I mean, we always see it's it's professional sports, so you see people lose that probably shouldn't. But like this year's been wild. You know, you have a team that wins four games in a row and looks like they're really really good, and then they lose to you know a bottom tier team. Um, but I am. I'm I'm firm and 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 how I feel. Um, I think this year's Super Bowl is going to be your very own cannon-fired Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the NFC. Um, I think either Dallas or honestly, I still feel like the Rams. Dallas or the Rams are going to end up challenging them in that NFC conference or championship game. Um, I think the Packers are going to end up losing the one seed, which means Tampa Bay is going to have to beat the Packers to get to the NFC championship game. It'll be Dallas or LA uh, there, there 
to, to play for the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to mm-hmm. put Tampa Bay slightly over one of those two teams. Okay. Unless Green Bay's defense plays like they did the other day. But mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, um, you know, assuming that, th- that, w- that they can get healthy um, and that they can shore up and make some adjustments on the defensive end of the ball. Um, and then, God, ASC is what makes it tough because you've got yeah. a um, – God, it's such a rotating – I'm, I'm going to lean and say the way I feel right now, you got to think about it from like a what do the rosters look like and what could they look like. Let's just say Derek Henry gets healthy. And let's also say with the exception of the Ravens running back and J.K. Dobbins, he's not coming back or a couple other mm-hmm. guys that aren't coming back. But let's say Ravens can get a few defensive pieces healthy-ish again uh, and maybe a little replenished. I'm not sure, Clark, you can tell me is uh, – the cornerback that, that was really good, is he out for the year? Marcus Peters, yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what about what about um your tackle? Oh, Stanley, he his Ronnie. situation's weird. He's been um he's been on the IR like quite a few because I know he first was on the IR, came back, immediately got hurt in like practice. So I don't know, he's questionable to come back this season. So who I think he's actually he right. might be out for the season now I think about it. Yeah, I think the rule is and I'm not sure at all, but if you go on IR and come off of it and then have to go back on it, you're on it for the season. I don't think mm-hmm. you can be so anyways, long story short, I think it's gonna be Bucks versus the Titans or the Ravens. Okay. Um and I'm trying I'm trying to go in between logic and a little bit of like a hot take. I think the Ravens have shown that they can beat anybody. They've obviously shown that sometimes they just come out and lay an egg. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just in my personal opinion. I, you know, if Lamar's playing at his peak and the defense can kind of just keep up and be average, um, I think that, you know, they're a team that's not even super pretty or flashy on paper, don't have a ton of skill players and shit like that, but they just feel like a well-rounded team. I could see the Ravens making a run in the playoffs. But right now I'm leaning um, – I really want to lean – I mean, Titans – feel like they, you know, it's it's time that they get the credit where the credit's due. And, you know, all of your mainstream media, probably mostly for clicks, are looking for reasons to say why it's not legitimate that they're on the hot streak that they are. Probably, like I said, just piss the fan base off and get some views. Um, but I think that, you know, they should they deserve a good pat on the back. And as things stand right now, if it's a completely healthy Derrick Henry going into the playoffs and their defense, you know, if they keep getting pressure the way that they're doing – um, and, and they keep having what used to be no-name guys step up and have big games, then I think Bucks, Titans, and Bucks are going to repeat. I Is think, Mason next to you or something? Like, why the fuck are you sitting the Titans? I mean, they just look really good. <laughs> okay, Bucks repeats. I don't know if I agree with you on that, but I could I would understand it happen. Because, I mean, I last, understand year, yeah, last year I didn't think the Bucks were going to win it. So that's that's a tough one. <clears throat> so you tell me but, what you think, Clark. Give me I, my prediction. Well, as I said earlier in the episode, was the Rams versus the Chiefs, mm, and I think the and that one I didn't I didn't give it a Super Bowl winner because I don't know, but I want to mm. say the Rams will just because they got all those players. They were playing for a Super Bowl this season. Like all these players will probably leave after this year. So I want to say the Rams. Yeah, no, I, I hate, hate to say it. No, I hate that too, but I, I could definitely agree with you. I mean, if they can figure out a way to put all that together and like get it, you know, hot and and just get a streak going, I mean, they scared they scared the hell out of me. Them and the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, the Cowboys are actually decent. I fucking I hate it. Their defense yeah, is actually good this year. All right, so 
switching to the basketball world, we'll go into college basketball. The NBA sucks anyways. For the college basketball, who do you, who do you think is going to win the national championship this year? <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> the, the boys in blue. I think that uh, – The Hawks. I think that <laughs> the boys in Lexington um, have just been shit on for so long. So I'm going to give you guys my biased answer and the reasoning why I think it could actually happen, but then I'd like to give you a legit answer if I had a gun to my head. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So I think the Cats have a great shot. Um, you know, the roster isn't an issue anymore. Everybody thought we had shooters last year, but you need shot makers on your fucking team, not people that can just shoot three and hit the rim. Um, their roster is built great. Offense is completely changed. You got one guy that's playing a quote unquote anchor big man. Then you got four guys that are surrounding the ball that can stretch the floor and all shoot the three. Um, so we're going from like a dribble drive cow offense, pin downs and stuff at the top of the key with a big man, a lot of pick and pop, pick and roll uh, to a completely different looking offense. So it's got me excited. Um, I think if it's, it's all dependent on Cal. It's his fucking job to earn his money with his loud mouth. You've got the pieces. He's got a roster where he could play 11 or 12 guys legitimate minutes. So figure out how the pieces work. Get your rotation down to eight players, nine max, and put it together and get them playing for one another. And I think the Caps legit have a shot to be, a, you know, a Final Four national championship level team. So mm-hmm. you ask me nine times out of ten, I'm going to say Cats. I'll, I would have said that last year if we could have gotten into the tournament. Nine of 16, poverty-ass team. Um <laughs> But now we've all, you know, we've, we've only had a, a couple of weeks um, to kind of look. But, God, I hate saying this, but, like, if I had to put legit, legit money on it, as long as, you know, pending everybody stays healthy, I'm going to have to go with Gonzaga. They continue to somehow – they continue to blow it. They continue to have the baby-ass conference, which I hate. Mark Few likes to talk a lot of shit over there in the Western Conference Mormon Baptist University Conference. <laughs> so what they do is they put a bunch of – not a bunch, a couple of big-name schools in their non-conference schedule to start the season to run from the narrative, and then they have about anywhere from, I don't know, 16 to 20 games that are just cakewalks. Um, so you can never look at their record. But I watched them in length play Texas the other night, who's extremely skilled. Now, obviously, Texas's roster, you got Chris Beard in year one, um, and he threw that together. I'm talking transfer portal. You've got the cat from um, Minnesota, Marcus Carr. I mean, he, right. that, that dude was used to shooting 25, 30 shots a game, which he did the other night to his detriment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked like Beard wanted him to do it. So, anyways, you, we watched Gonzaga for the, mo- for, the, for the better part of all, that game completely manhandle Texas that has a ton of talent. Like I said, it, they were, those were thrown together, and that Texas team, you know, they're all transfers and all freshmen and just a couple of returners, Andrew Jones, who beat cancer. Crazy good story. Um, Maybe they look better at the end of the year, but Gonzaga was up like 15, 20 points to a top five team. And what's his name? Timmy looked ridiculous. Dude started like seven or seven or eight for eight from the field. He had 23 or 26 points at halftime. Um, He looked really hard to handle. His footwork is crazy. The way he positions himself in the post, you can just tell he's played basketball since he came out of the womb. And uh, I think anchored with that, Gonzaga has a perfect mixture, a blend of – your five-star freshmen that get legit minutes and can come in and be a spark plug off the bench, your shooters. And, I mean, they return some key guys and some guys mm-hmm. that are going to do some some really good stuff. So, anyways, long story short, it should – th- you know, a lot of people thought Gonzaga's your last year. Baylor smacked them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I think that luck finally ends up falling their way. And 
unfortunately, okay. they may cut the nets down. I like that take. I like that take. I had Villanova winning it. I, mm-hmm. I believe they are a dark horse just because this isn't their first time they've been in this situation. You know, I didn't think they should have won those first – those two times they won in that three-year span, but they, they mm-hmm. killed in the tournament. But we'll see how this, this season plays out, especially with the brackets and everything. And then to to finish off with you, B. Scott, who do you think are your locks for college basketball tonight? Tonight. Mm-hmm. Tonight. Just tonight. Okay. So just for today. And um, I'd already kind of looked at the board a little bit. So I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you guys what I actively have that's already been placed and wagered out. Um, so I've got Mount St. Mary's and Kentucky game. Uh, 6 p.m. Central Time. So if you're listening to this and you want to bet tonight, you better get that bitch in quick. Um, I took the over of 135. So you look at past exhibition games and games that weren't exhibition, you know, that tra- that translated at the very start of the season. If Kentucky's got a decent team, they're always going to score high. Um, unfortunately, especially in Rupp Arena, they have a heavy lack of guarding the three-point line. And they let some of these little teams in here that know how to shoot the ball and they'll freaking shoot, you know, 53% from the three point line because cats feel like they're up 10, 12 points. They'll just let a team hang around. So anyways, I think that Kentucky, you know, they scored, they scored a hundred points last Friday. I mean, that was the first time I've seen an offense that looks like that in probably three or four years, maybe since the um, Tyler hero, PJ Washington, Reed Travis team, that was a really good team. And, and so cleanest I've seen the offense look since then. Anyways, I think Kentucky scores a lot of points, but I also think this little baby team they're playing uh, won't be defended as well as they should be. And so because of that, I'm taking the over of 135. Okay. Um, next up, I've got a, just a little parlay. If you just want to sprinkle a little 15, 20 bucks, um, I'm, I, I'm risking 20 to win 76. So just kind of like a little value pick, a little th- throw in a dart, see if it sticks. Um, I've got the Murray State Racers money line, North Carolina, minus 12. Michigan Wolverines money line and the Oregon Ducks in the late slot over on the West Coast money line. Okay. So I'm going to take a look at the board and see. I think that's going to be all um, I would call a lock because that's all I bet, obviously. Um, I just have an issue with I have an issue with Nova at, at 29. That's too many points for me. And then Duke is minus 19. That looks juicy against Gardner-Webb, but you have to think, are they going to be precautionary and sit out Palo, yeah. aiding and abetting and driving intoxicated people at Bancaro? Or if he plays, I think they cover 19. If ben, if Bancaro or Bancaro, however the fuck you say his name, doesn't play, then I don't know about that. Um, they ran a lot of their offense through him, even as a big guy against the Cats. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. What are your locks? So you I had a, quite a few that I put in earlier in the episode, but the one I really, the juiciest one, the juiciest of the juiciest. I like NC State tonight, minus twenty five mm-hmm. against Central Connecticut State, and I, I do like the Cats too, minus twenty. I got them at twenty four, uh, mm-hmm. luckily this morning, but I do like that. But the NC State game, I'm telling you, Central Connecticut State is not a good team. They're zero two. I believe that, yeah, they are 0-2, and they've been getting blown out every game. And NC State, we'll see how they play out. They've um, they've uh, won hefty in their first couple of games. So that's who I think is going to be, like, the best best, the best luck. But I also like Kentucky, mm-hmm. of course, at minus 24. Okay. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can get that. And and Kentucky's a play that I would have played that spread probably, but um after I got off work this afternoon, it's looking at twenty six and a half for me. And I know mm-hmm. if I take it, they'll win by twenty five. Um and cover <laughs> that original spread and, and not my own. So uh I just I I played it safe. Obviously in an SEC play, I probably wouldn't touch that over that I touched today. But like I said, I think we probably get ahead and don't play defense, but I like 24. I wish I had that, that line to take as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do like that. They beat the kryptonite last game, Robert Morris. So let's see if they can, <laughs> <laughs> let's see if they can do it tonight. Cover again. They've but, avoided uh, the, the NIT upset. Yeah. But anyways, B Scott, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate your input on everything. And, um, about to post this podcast, so get ready for it. You're welcome for finally posting one. And shout Thanks. out to everyone for giving me a hard time. It's been it's been really fun to listen to. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you finally producing some content for your punishment. But more than that, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for letting me probably over talk, but always love to talk Just sports a little with bit. you. So, all right, B Scott, have a good one, man. You too, Snagan. And that'll do it with the fourth ever episode of the League of Integrity podcast. Thanks again, Brandon Scott, for joining in on on us today and giving us all that information. Yeah, it was 30 minutes long, but still a lot to process. But I'm your host, Clark Campbell. Thanks again, and till next time.